Oh, another another word of warning. I'll just show you. That that is the dog. Uh, where? <laughs> oh, well, under the blanket. Under the blanket. <laughs> Well, if she has anything to say, she's mm. welcome to pitch I thought in. it was better than having what she does. She comes and scratches at the door and sort of does very long sighs under the crack. <laughs> so I thought I might as well have her in here because <laughs> she'll be less disruptive. <laughs> well, she does long sighs. Like, you can just hear her go. <gasps> <laughs> I can hear it like sometimes when I'm doing Pilates or having a shower or something. I can just. Yeah. Mm. She's feeling miserable outside. Just he needs you to know that she's still waiting. <laughs> Being very patient. <laughs> well, Lola's just had her six-week um, X-ray uh, results that show that her legs doing well, so I can now walk her for fifteen minutes twice a day. But she still can't go off the lead in the garden. So every time oh, she goes out, God. she has to be on the lead. That was such a pain. <laughs> anyway, before we get into that, yeah, should, yeah. we should probably start save it. Here. Save it. Hello and welcome to Mothers Matter podcast. This is the podcast that talks about why mothers matter and the things that matter to mothers. I'm Claire Pay. In this podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about dogs, uh, discussing with Kate, who's my neighbour, who also featured on the Mothers and Christmas episode from uh, last series, uh, talking with Kate about our dogs. We're both very much amateur dog owners, uh, but if you're thinking of getting a dog, um, I hope this will be really useful. If you have a dog and there are a few things you're struggling with, hopefully you'll be reassured uh, because others are going through the same problems. If you're a professional dog trainer, you might find it too painful to listen. So um, I'm not sure if you'd enjoy it. But for everyone else who has a dog, loves a dog, would like to have a dog um, and is interested in all the different aspects like um, pulling, uh, spaying, um, training, all of that, I hope you'll find it a really fun listen. Okay, Kate, we're going to talk about dogs today um, because uh, we both have a dog and it's, uh, I think, fair to say, quite a dominant part of our lives. Do you think so? Yes, indeed. Yeah, two first-time dog owners here. So. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, so I should say right at the beginning, we're not experts. Uh, we have no advice worth listening to. Far from it, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we might have advice worth listening to, but um, it's not official advice. It's only borne out through terrible experience. Maybe um, a list of don'ts rather than uh, do's. <laughs> Listen and learn what not to do. We'll be telling you how we got it wrong. <laughs> um, so what made you think about uh, getting a dog? Uh, I've always wanted a dog. My whole life I've always wanted a dog. We always had cats, but my granny always had dogs and I've always wanted one. But I lived in London. My husband is slightly allergic <laughs> And, you know, small children and everything, jobs, you just put it off. But now we live in the country, you know, a nice big garden. There was just no reason not to. So I just finally went, we've got to try. Lovely. And what's happened to um, your husband's allergies? Are they still there? Uh, he was, he was, he was wheezy and more mucusy <laughs> um, for definitely for a, for a couple of months. You know, he, he did you know, he, he is allergic to dogs, but it just died away. It wasn't too much of a problem. I hoped it would be like that because otherwise it would have been a problem, but it did. Mm. It, it's been fine in the end. Oh, well, that's worth knowing, isn't it? That you can get over a, a dog allergy. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it depends on severity and stuff, but he, he was okay in the end. So. Mm. And how did you go about choosing what sort of dog to get? Um, I Oh, I can't even really remember now. I didn't want a very big dog and I didn't want a tiny dog. <laughs> and, you know, you think about normal, I imagine you did the same kind of thing. You look at breeds that you think will be good for families, obviously Labradors, Retrievers, things like that. Um, but I just, I didn't want a massive hairy dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should say we have a massive hairy dog, don't we, Kate? <laughs> just, full disclosure, Kate is my neighbour. Um, yeah. so, so we, yes, we've got Lola, who's a golden retriever. And she is massive and hairy. And we got her she before is. Kate decided she didn't want a massive hairy dog. So I'm taking it personally. But, Lola uh, is delightful, but she is, 
you know, she's a big dog, isn't she? She's a, she is a big dog. And we'll come on to that, I think. Yes, mm. yes, she can't be ignored. Well, she's actually, she's very calm in the house. You say she's a presence, but she's more like a rug a lot mm. of the time. She just mm. sort of lies around. It's when she starts moving that you notice that she's big. Um, yeah, it's funny. Before you get a dog, the things that you pick up on that you think, will, and then later on you realise, I mean, Toff's got a very big personality. You know, she's really <laughs> present in the house a lot of the time. So, you know, you, you can't ever really predict all of the things you're going to get. But we wanted a sh- actually, seriously, a short haired dog because of allergies. We thought that would be better. There would be less shedding going on. <laughs> yeah, is there, is there less shedding? Um, think? I think so. I think she has a like a every six months she has a bit of a shed and Dave's allergies sort of come up again and then it's fine again. So I think that's what happens. I don't know so what it's like with Lola, but she seems uh, she permanently shed. <laughs> we, yeah, we're very good on hoovers. We have yes. uh, we've just upgraded our hoover. We've got a really good handheld hoover. We now I I would say our house is probably cleaner than it was before we had a dog because we hoover mm. every single day. I hoover the kitchen. Well, Andy actually hoovers the kitchen. It's become his job. Um, we we hoover the kitchen because it's so gritty as well. Because yes. we live next to this national park, don't we? And the, it's very mm. gritty. And I just couldn't stand it any longer. The grit on my slippers and the grit everywhere so we just mm. hoover every night we just sort of go with it and it's only a handheld job and it only takes 10 minutes and it's quite good fun seeing how much yeah. hair you've picked up because <laughs> life is quite limited at the moment <laughs> very, yeah, is, very yeah yeah so what sort of dog uh, is Toff so sorry Toff is a cockadoor which is a cross between a cocker and a labrador and a cocker spaniel and a labrador and she looks like a small black lab but she's very slim. Um, so she's short black hair and very slim and a slightly more pointy face. And she's um, gun dog parents and is very, oh, she's a massive prey instinct. <laughs> we'll come on to that. She really, yeah. outside, she's crazy. I'm so glad we live somewhere with so much space. But inside, she's actually, she's very, very lazy. Mm. <laughs> she's asleep at the moment curled up and just likes to be near somebody asleep most of the time which is is good isn't it yes yeah and what what can you remember what you were worried about before you got a dog first of all how long have you had her for uh so uh we uh, a year and probably coming up to 18 months now mm. something like that yeah yeah, and yeah. we've had Lola is four now. Actually, we've had wow. her for four years because we got her in January. Mm-hmm. So we, we've had her for four years. Which You can't we, really remember what it was like before. No. It's like children. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you <know>. just... <laughs> no, life before her. Uh, um, yes, so what, uh, what were your... Do you remember what your worries were before you got Toff? Um, I think very normal worries like, is she going to pee everywhere? Um, uh, what else did I worry about? Uh, so yeah, so the toilet training worried me and things like going on holiday. I just couldn't see how, you know, that seems and still does actually in this time of Corona, we haven't gone away and left her yet. So, um, that seems tricky. I was, you know, lots of worries actually. Is she going to be happy? Are we going to get a weird dog? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> all of those things. <laughs> and are you and uh, how do you find it looking back now? Are you or have any of those worries come true? No, everything actually. I don't know if it's just the dog, but all of the things that I hear later on that people have common problems with, um, like sleeping and toilet training and all sorts of things. She's actually been very good. You just you do have a few accidents, but as soon as it's happened, you just mop it up and it's not as bad as you. You know, she didn't you know, she didn't poo all over the house or anything. She was pretty good. Um, she always slept well, which I think is a bonus. We never had any howling puppies at night. Um, yeah, no, none of the things I've worried about have come to pass, except we haven't been away on holiday. So I still feel like how on earth do you get a kennel? sorted mm. or somewhere to stay or any of that I think you've done that obviously you've yes. had Lola for longer well we we um 
yeah, we didn't, we can't stand the idea of putting her in a kennel at no. all. So there is actually, I, and I can tell you because you live next to me, there's a guy <laughs> up the road who mm. prefers dogs to people very much mm. so. And he's lovely. And so she goes, she goes to him. Um, and then we found someone, we, we joined Borrow My Doggy and we uh, had, yes. that okay. was quite hard work in a way because you know, you have to meet these people. It's like yeah. a sort of dating site or something, but but harder work. And I <laughs> slightly predate dating sites. So, um, but you you know, you have to meet these people and you have to go for a walk with them, with the dog. And yeah. um, out of all of that, we've had the, the one person who's really come through is someone who contacted us rather than us right. contacting them. Okay. And he's been brilliant and he's got two boys and he walks her, um, you know, in normal times, he would walk her every weekend and mm. Lola absolutely loves him. And, um, and then he, he has had her at Christmas uh, after wow. Christmas when we've gone away, not this year, obviously, mm. yeah. and other years. And in the holidays, he's had her as well. So that's been really good. I do hear about people who sort of share dogs and they yes. look after theirs and someone else but I think because Lola's so big I don't feel I can sort of um do an exchange with anyone because I think she's you know she's quite hard work if you if you're not used to a big dog yeah I wonder do you think it's because we're first-time dog owners that you know you just I can't imagine anyone being able to cope with Toph uh, very she's not good on walks she runs away she's on the lead all the time most of the time at the moment because she's so she chases mm. things and I'm like nobody else will be able to manage my precious baby <laughs> I <know. laughs> and I feel like I feel like a overprotective parent you know, it's, <laughs> you know? I know. and I wonder if that's true mm. I'm gonna have to get over it sometime Yes, I don't. I don't know. I yes, I suppose with Lola, it's more the like my parents definitely couldn't look after her because she'd break mm. their backs in one go. Mm. They they couldn't mm. cope with her, um, and they've never offered to either. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think when you have someone who's good with dogs, you know, who likes dogs, I don't. I don't mind yeah. so much. So the people we've um, we're in contact with, I'm actually quite happy when Lola mm. goes there. Although when we went on holiday a couple of years ago, and uh, Lola. Um, in the run-up to it, was really down. She knew something was up and she was giving us suspicious looks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I took her to um, the chap's house around the corner, she ran in because he's got five dogs and she loves them. And then she ran straight back out again because she realised what she, this meant. And yeah. I felt terrible driving home. Oh, and there was an empty space where she should be in the house and yeah. all that. And then we went off on holiday and it was fine. But... Um, but she was, she's fine. She was fine. But then when she came back, you know, she was a bit subdued for a few days. And I don't know mm. if it's because she was missing all her mates or she she was yeah. um, slightly traumatised. Just by feeling thought. insecure. Yeah. Even talking about this makes me feel <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I'm like, will she think we've abandoned her as well? Well, the, one, so. the good thing about it is coming back from holiday, you've got something to look forward to. Yeah. And I, I messaged on my way back saying, actually, could you drop her off back tonight? Or can we collect yeah. her tonight? You know, yeah. when we, we are going to be back a bit earlier than I thought. And yeah. can we collect her tonight? So, yes, it is. You definitely you definitely miss them when they're when you don't see them. But when you're on holiday, it's not so bad because you're in a different yeah. country. So it's uh, yeah. it, it's not so bad. Um but yes, going back to things we were worried about before we get got a dog. Well, I know the day before we picked up Lola, I kept singing that ABBA song the day before you came and thinking, <laughs> how is our life going to change? And you just have this sense that you're taking on a massive, um, yes, yeah. almost burden, you know, that this is... And, and Did you feel a bit doom, doomy about well, it? Were you scared? Or? I was very nervous. Yes, mm. I was. I was very nervous because we've never had a dog. Um, my family didn't have a dog. My mother's scared mm. of dogs. I was scared of dogs until we moved to um, Liphook, and then I there were thousands of dogs around here, and yeah. I started yeah. looking in their eyes and thinking, "Oh, aren't they sweet?" Now I'm not scared of any dogs because we mm. have the biggest dog or one of the biggest <laughs> dogs. So. <laughs> um, so I was very nervous, but I think probably the things I was nervous about, I didn't need to be nervous about, and I should have been nervous about other things. Yes, yeah, I think that's yeah. true. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think you should have been nervous about? What's well, sort of actually? Been a problem, I think no. But... One of the things I wasn't nervous about, but having talked to other, we know lots of people who have dogs, and we also know I knew you and a couple of other people who'd had first, you know, first time dogs 
recently. And so one of the things that I became nervous about was um, dog training. (laughs) 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 Reports of dog training, which you think is going to be rather lovely. You're going to be in a puppy class and it's going to be delightful. And then you hear feedback from everybody and it's just, I don't think anybody said it was fun. I mean, it's, it's, I became very scared about the dog training, which I think paid off. Actually, I was so terrified about it that when it came to it, it was stressful, but I'd been prepared. (laughs) Yes, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I was horrified by it because our trainer, our trainer just I think she just didn't like golden retrievers. She didn't like me. And, you know, she and Lola is big and she pulls. um, And I remember going Mm. into a class with Lola and she sort of rushed in because she's so excited to see all the other dogs Mm. and the dog trainer just sort of was withering about you know can you control your dog I'm like no of course I can't control my dog that's why I'm here at dog training um and also I I mean this is something to discuss is to we took I took the children and I got them to do all the training on the false idea that they would actually have a bit more involvement with the dog yeah um and so it meant I wasn't doing the training. I was getting them to do it. And I think Lola just learned to ignore all three of us. The only one she obeys is Andy. Oh, I also took my children, although on advice, I took them one at a time. Mm. Because I thought, you know, you're supposed to, the whole family is supposed to be very consistent in training. You're all supposed to do the same thing. And I thought that would be a good way of achieving it. But it was just traumatic for all of us. Um, it was yeah, I don't know whether it was a good idea taking the children, although obviously then you'd have a traumatic dog training session and then you have to go home and sort of train your family as well, which is another thing when you're trying to train mm. your dog. It all mm. seems a bit much. Um, so I'm not sure what the solution to that is. To be. No, well, I know, well, we had the horrendous sort of trainer from hell the first time and then mm. um, Lola somehow passed. I think she just sort of promoted her out of the class. Mm. And then we went to a different trainer who is so much nicer. And that's, I thought, oh, dog training doesn't need mm. to be humiliating. Um, and then we did, on advice, we did some one-to-one training mm. on issues I was particularly concerned about. And I was concerned about the fact she was, Lola was attacking Charlie, who was about nine at the time. Um, she just got, uh, what the trainer said was she was getting too excited around Charlie. And having spent the previous six months telling the children to play with Lola, I then had to say, yeah. stop playing with her. You can yeah. only play with her for one minute, Charlie. So... Um, that's what the trainer suggested. And what else? Oh, a recall. I was worried because she wasn't coming back at all. Um, and so I did some training on that and not licking the dishwasher the whole time. So I know exactly what to do. And I don't, I, she's, I, I don't do it. I mean, I, I know, I now know how I should get around these problems. Um, and I still can't get around them. She won't come back. Lola won't come back if she doesn't want to. You know, that's a... I was about to say the dishwasher was something I gave up on. I just... Mm. She's, she licks the dishwasher while I load it and I just... Yeah. Yeah, it's I've just... given up on the dishwasher. <laughs> I've given up on that. I know I know what we need to do. I know how to do it, that you're supposed mm. to get her to sit on the mat mm. and re- keep rewarding her every time she doesn't come near the dishwasher. Mm. But then what I did is I decided I didn't care anymore yeah. whether she let the dishwasher or not I didn't, um, I didn't you know lots of things appear to be just you keep training them and eventually the things that you can't you can't live with you have to keep doing but the, the things you can live I can totally live with her licking my plates before they go in the dishwasher <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know she doesn't lick them when they're clean you know we can live with this so um yeah the, it's mm. many battles you just give up on as you know my dog is sitting on my bed now and it was always you know <laughs> No upstairs was going to be one of our rules, which has just gone by the wayside, you know. Well, it's difficult. You've got a very open plan house, haven't you? So it's difficult. Very, yeah. We still have one annoying stair gate just so that we can um, keep her in the kitchen. But yeah, a very open plan house. And that's been a problem at times. Yes, we've we've managed to achieve Lola not going upstairs, mainly because we have doors mm. on either side of the staircase. So we've been mm. able to, yeah. to close those. And now she doesn't, even if we leave it open, she doesn't go upstairs. So, um, yeah, so that's a small victory. And, um, and she, uh, I know to get her back, I need to have some really exciting treats like, you know, frankfurters or something mm. like mm. that 
to get her back and I can train her to do it. But what I've decided to do is just try and avoid situations in which she might get into trouble. Yes. What are her situations for getting into trouble? Um, Near the road here. So Mm. when we let her off, the, um, because when we go into the woods, I let her off. Mm. Mm. But quite a few times... um, uh, are letting her off, she would turn around and run back to the road. So oh, often she wouldn't, so I'd get mm. a false sense of security. And then she would go, because there are deer around here, she mm. would suddenly get a scent and run back. And I'd hear the telltale sound of cars slowing down, mm. thankfully. And then I'd go back and Lola would be in the road and I'd oh, be having God. to say, oh, so sorry, she's never done this before, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> and... I thought this just can't continue. Mm. You know, it happened once or twice. It didn't happen lots of times. And so I keep her on the lead until she's far enough away from there that I can let her off. Mm. So I don't trust her near roads at all. Um, And coming back, I put her on the lead really quite early because I Mm. know she might run towards the road. So that's a situation. Um, Jumping on Charlie, uh, she still does it. And then after a while, I get treats and she'll come out into the kitchen. Mm. Um, and pulling, so pulling is the other thing. Now, we have a problem with our dogs pulling, don't we? Yes, massively, yeah. How have you, What? what tell us about what's going on with Toph and the lead and going off the lead and so on. She was very, she was an absolute dream for a few months. She was so perfect. She was really kept her eye on me and came back all the time and she was off the lead all the time and it was brilliant. But where we are, there is not, you know, once you're away from the road, everywhere we are that dogs can be off the lead really it's lovely countryside um but also it's filled with deer and pheasant and rabbits and (laughs) birds and everything and she is I can see her gun dog um ancestry she is nose down snuffling through undergrowth all the time and as soon as she smells anything um she's just off like a bullet and so for coming up to about a Uh, So coming up to about nine months a year, basically about the beginning of lockdown, she suddenly, she would run off longer and longer and longer and it got worse and worse and worse. And uh, obviously lockdown happened and we couldn't get any training or do anything. I just had to keep on the lead basically, which is um, difficult. And she is so sniffing that she pulls a lot. Yeah. I haven't Mm -hmm. solved it yet. (laughs) And you got a tracker on her as well. Yep. We've got a tracker. Um, I do. It it does work, but she is fast. She is so fast. Mm. Um, And and the track is not bad, but obviously there are bits where it doesn't pick up all of the time, you know. So we have used it. It does work. Um, I'm glad we've got it, but it doesn't really solve the problem of recall, which is within the space of ten seconds, she can suddenly be shooting across so fast that I can't Mm. you know there's nothing I can do about it um we have lost her a couple of times I think only for an hour or so but it's it's, an hour is a long time it's awful it's running through the undergrowth with your dog completely lost is awful Mm. um yeah so first time it happened that's why we got the tracker second time it happened I think she must have got caught on something and her harness had all got turned around and the tracker was underneath so it doesn't work if it's facing on the ground so I was like oh she's got a tracker but I couldn't you know it it wasn't working the whole of the time she was lost so it's yeah Mm. it's I know I need to get a trainer but I think it's one of those things she's always going to be it's you know dogs all have particular traits and I think that's going to be a difficult one with her (laughs) Oh, we we lost Lola once, but the, the thing with Lola is that she doesn't want to be lost. She does actually want to be with us. That's mm. why we can relax a bit because she she doesn't. I mean, if she sees a deer, she will run after it. But generally, she'll then she'll come back, and I've got the whistle, and I do mm. the whistle, and she does, and she wants to come back. She wants to find me. But one mm. time when I was extending my run and I'd gone further, mm. she. she didn't know which way I was going must have been the issue because she disappeared and it was actually two days before we going on holiday and I was thinking I'm not going to be able to go I'm going to have to stay and look for her um and what happened and then I phoned um home to tell um Andy to get on his bike and come and look for her 
and and actually charlie got my son got the phone call and went and woke up andy saying mum says get on your bike mm-hmm. <laughs> so he woke up so he's about to and then he looked out of the window because it's first thing in the morning and lola had made her way all the way home mm. which was about a, probably a 20 minute run yeah. so that was a great relief because it meant that i knew that she would try and come home and she um it was early in the morning but it gave me such a fright that i don't like to leave her out of my sight that much that I want I, I want know, to know yeah. where she's gone off to more or less um but she doesn't she doesn't go too much and because she's big and white she's mm. generally easy to see so that's one issue we don't have but pulling yeah she's what what happened I mean as you know but others don't know when mm. she was very little she didn't want to walk at all on the lead <laughs> and it was an absolute nightmare um, as seen in the programme, 10 Puppies and Us. And we got a trainer trainer in who helped mm. me a lot. And she said, because Lola kept sitting down and the trainer we'd gone to um, had said, you get a little bit of treat and lead them with it. And that was entirely the wrong thing because this other TV trainer said to me, no, you're just rewarding her mm. every time she sits down. You give her a treat and she has it, then she sits down again. What you have to do is wait till she's moving and then reward her. And actually that was a top tip from the other trainer I use that you wait for them to do the right thing and then you reward them I mean of course the thing is if they don't do the right thing you have you just have to be very patient I think when you're training them and wait for them to do the right thing so I was used to her not walking so she did walk I was so delighted I wouldn't stop her pulling I'd just run I'm quite happy to run because usually and then I would have a net time of a walk you know a lot of time sitting a lot of time running and then that'd be my 20 minutes or whatever um but now she's you know since she's been 33 kilos or so if she pulls then it is a big it is a big problem and I've nearly been pulled over once or twice and I thought this just can't carry on so I put a note on the Facebook golden retrievers page for any advice and there was a massive long thread I mean it's obviously a big thing for golden retrievers that they're lovely dogs but they're very stubborn and um, if they don't want to do something they won't do it and if they want to do something they'll do it so I'm trying something called a Makuti lead, which is basically one of these leads that's got a harness on the chest and it's yeah. got a point on the back. So you look like an absolute pillock because you have to hold in both hands. It's like having reins. Um, and the one attached to her back is the one to sort of walk her with. And the one on the front, you're supposed to give a little pull and it just stops their pulling instinct. Yeah. Um, in theory, and you can pull. I mean, for, in practice, it just gives you two ways of pulling her back, which is really helpful. Um, and it seems to be working, but um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm the not sure. Is, do you do you see that this? Do you think this will train her to stop pulling, and you'll be able to go back to a normal lead, or do you think you will have to use, always use this lead to stop her pulling? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, I hope, I hope so. Well. Well, let's get on to sort of illnesses and everything, because, Mm. of course, Lola has just had, being four, she's had a a problem with her knee, which is apparently a degeneration thing rather than an actual accident, because we used to do loads of exercise. She used to come on bike rides, you know, running alongside and everything. And then she developed a limp. And so she had this operation just before Christmas to put a plate in her knee. Um, And so it's been a nightmare because she couldn't, she can't walk at all. She couldn't walk at all. I have to put her on the lead to take her out to the garden. Um, luckily, she's on trazodone, which is a sort of sedative. <laughs> so it calms her down a bit. Um, but uh, it was even more important. Now she's started walking again, even more important for her not to pull. I mean, I had an absolute horrendous walk, one of her first walks, where she just wanted to pull. And then we got to the point where we would usually turn off and she'd go off lead and she just sat down and refused to move. And the problem with this anti-pulling lead is I can't pull her because it's Mm. it's designed to stop her pulling. And I need to have sort of mileage and traction on her, her lead to pull her, to get her walking again. Oh, it's just, I just feel like crying from frustration. Mm. Absolutely. So frustrated. Um, so, uh, but it, I was able to stop her pulling, and that's the main thing. Cause she can't pull with that mat leg at the moment. It's, I mean, it's been, just been signed off as okay. So we have three more weeks of short walks on the lead. Then we can start letting her off the lead, and then she can go in the garden off the lead. Because probably in the garden, if she hears other dogs or sees a pigeon, she runs up and down and jumps and asserts herself, and she can't do that with a sore leg. 
um, well, with a £3,000 leg, more to the point. <laughs> so she can't, yeah. I don't care if it's sore. It's the fact it's very expensive. Mm. So I don't know if it'll stop her pulling long term, but in the meantime, I need her not to pull. But I also need her to walk when she's being mm. frustrating and isn't walking because she's disappointed that she mm. can't walk. I'm always surprised that she is She is very stubborn for a dog because mm. she's, a, she's a retriever. I'm always surprised that at some point she just won't do it for treats. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, she will. She will. She will do it for treats. But the problem is she, what she'll do is stand up and move, you know, <laughs> until I give her the treat <laughs> and then she'll sit down again. Because oh. she's not that stupid. She's quite stupid, but she's not that stupid. Um, and uh, golden retrievers are, I think, I, I was very encouraged because we went to, um, a, a, we were at Ascot and they had a dog um, show, you know, and all these dogs jumping mm. over and going under and jumping over. And, go, and they were rescue dogs. So, you know, it wasn't a professional dog show. They're all doing it. And the golden retriever came out and went instantly to greet its fans on the sides, <laughs> went and said hello to everyone and sat down and wagged its tail and wasn't interested in mm. jumping over and under. So um, I think they're they're very, very people dogs you know they yes, really like people yeah. she's not so fussed about other dogs she's a bit snooty about other dogs particularly small dogs uh, tough is she's fine with other dogs but she's lost interest really mm. Mm. she doesn't i mean she's not a problem so that's that's a good thing yes she just can't be bothered with them <laughs> yeah she's like hi okay i'm off again sniffing them yes yes and so tell us about um toff's just been spayed tell us about how she you decided whether to do it and how to do it and so on I had never had any intention of having puppies. I mean, one puppy, getting one puppy in your house is quite enough. I'm, I can't, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm wildly impressed with people who have them in their house, you know. Mm, I'm 16. like, there's no way I could divide my house up so that I could keep, you know, eight pooing, weeing puppies in one place. So I definitely knew that, you know, I didn't want to have puppies. Um, so you know that spaying is going to have to happen sometime there's a lot of contrasting advice about when to do it which I found difficult I think the vet told you to do it early didn't they is the vet told we have the same vet and um she mm. so this was three and a half years ago he said to mm. her get her done before her first season um and the reason being uh, he was convincing, um, I think, to do with cancer risks later on or mammalian risks. Another trainer told me absolutely don't do it before her first season. And so I think I phoned... advice has changed, like yeah. even in the last few years. They do say now do them after their first season. So they've had most, they've had the, most of their growth mm. and bone density and stuff like that has all gone in. Yes, and so was There's that, that so was much advice. It's all very mm. confusing. I think it's a bit. Um, also, I've heard that you know, like it's a bit like going on the pill. It reduces one cancer risk if you get them spayed, but it increases, and you know, like it. It's a mm. it's a balancing act where one risk goes up and one risk goes down. I don't know. I had Toff booked in for a year. The vet said we you've got to wait a year, and we booked her in, but then she went into season when we were camping. Uh, and was how awful. was that? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite traumatic camping anyway. Obviously, this year with COVID and everything, mm. everything felt very difficult. <laughs> but we did manage to go camping. Um, and yeah, and then the dog went into season. She was very weird and nervous. And there was lots of other dogs wandering around. <laughs> people going wow there's so many dogs walking around the campfire you know <laughs> and yeah that was difficult and then so we had to delay her um mm. delay her operation um so then obviously she had had one season um but you that wasn't our intention you got her a dog nappy didn't you a dog nappy didn't you have a little nappy on her oh yes 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 dog pants i'd forgotten dog about pants. it <laughs> Okay. And did that make life easier? Um, it's certainly, you know, it stopped there being blood everywhere, definitely, because mm. she is, we've got carpet everywhere. We've got an open plan house. Um, we She is allowed on the sofas now. Um, so, yeah, there was, a, I didn't want to, and actually, you know, it would have been two or three weeks that we'd have mm. had to have just shut her in the kitchen, which mm. would have been difficult and so yeah dog pants 
they worked. Yes. They were a hassle. Having to take them off every time to go outside was, you know. But yeah, it was. Mm. It was only once. I really wouldn't want to have a dog come into season twice a year. Mm. Um, mm. I wouldn't want that to carry on. Yeah. No. And actually, that reminds me. Did you have her in a crate uh, to start with when she was a puppy? Puppy. Um, she was. We always intended to crate her at night. Again, because of the open plan house, really, mm. as much as anything. And I think because she'd come from a breeder and they were, you know, they were all in out outbuildings. Um, you know, they were all working gun dogs, actually. Um, so I think she was quite used to that. She was always slept in a crate at night. She was always perfectly happy with it. When we first got her, she, you know, we used to stay up a bit late and we used to put her in the crate about 12 and get up, you know, six o'clock in the morning and make sure she was okay. Um, but she was always been fine. She had a couple of wheeze in her crate in the first week, but she never cried at night. Um, she never had any problems really. So that was, so we kept it and it's been really useful. Um, Is she still like in the I crate? Said, she still sleeps in the crate at night. Oh, right. yeah. mm. and, and it's open during the day and sometimes she goes and pokes around. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's, it's like a little den for her and she's quite likes it because Lola sleeps in a, a small room. utility room. Well, yeah. she started off because I looked at the size of crate I'd need for a golden mm. retriever and it was just so big. And mm. at the time we had a small utility room, so we just closed her in there at night. Mm. And actually the mm. good thing was there were three doors between her and us. So I, I don't know if she cried or not. I didn't hear her. <laughs> She's always very mm. pleased to see me in the morning. Um, and then, um, yeah, then we had the work on the house. So then she had to move into the kitchen but then she was she's fine in the kitchen and mm. she's not moved back into the utility room. She just um, she's just in the kitchen and she's OK there because it's all, you know, you can wash the floor. And she's only yeah. only has one or two accidents a year or so. And but I can always tell if I come down in the morning, mm. I think oh, that's a smell. And I have to light all the candles and it gets in my nose mm. and I don't recover until I've had a shower. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. But it hardly ever happens. And um yeah, so she's never been in a crate. And they said after this operation, she needs to be not moving and in a crate yeah. for four weeks or so. I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But, but she um, she never jumps on sofas. She doesn't go upstairs. And so all yeah. the risk factors were okay, yeah. apart from we have a slippy floor. And so I was trying to put extra things down on the floor. Uh, yeah. But no, I can't. I couldn't get her in a crate because it's just it's too big. And she's she's, she's very good in the thing. house. She doesn't she doesn't attack anything. She doesn't chew anything. Apart from when she swallowed a sock. Do you remember that right yes. at the beginning? She swallowed a sock, <laughs> and I had to take her to the doctor, to the vet, not the doctor, the vet, and he had to give her a emetic or whatever to make her sick. Mm. And the whole sock came out because he yeah. said otherwise it might get tangled <laughs> yeah. around her guts. And that was just after she'd eaten a mouse at your house, well, at your house oh, in your yeah. garden. I wanted cast aspersions. She, uh, we saw the little ma- yeah. her foot, little foot going come, in, coming out <laughs> somehow. So, but she doesn't eat anything in the house. And actually, right at the beginning, when she used to chew the children, and oh, it's such hard, she was such hard work at the at the beginning. And she used mm. to go for the children, and I sprayed that um, anti furniture mm. spray on her. You know, the thing, mm. to, the off yeah. or whatever. I sprayed that on chew their legs stop or something. I chew stop. Yeah. I sprayed that on her legs, on their legs, and that mm. seemed to work for a while. Mm. But it's, I it mean, is, with, it's really hard the first bit. I mean, I think really I was, you know, I was pre-warned about some things, which definitely um, made me expect chewing and biting and nipping when they're little and they've got sharp teeth. Um, and people just say they do grow out of it and they do. But, you know, a month feels like a hell of a long time when your adorable was... puppy is a shark basically <laughs> I know and I look at pictures or videos of her now I think oh so sweet I can see why mm. everyone else thought she was so sweet but it was mm. I was so frustrated with her I, I and also I didn't really love her as much as I do now and mm. you know by six months I know you were absolutely smitten with Toff mm. from the beginning yeah. but with Lola she it was very balanced between whether she was going to annoy me more than I was mm. going to love her. And um, so it's hard work. I knew that I would grow to love her. And now I can't stand mm. the thought of her not being around. But it was, I found it really hard because she, you know, you, you get used to being, having some control over your life. And then you have yeah. this little bundle that comes in and digs up your garden and, 
won't and comes in and then runs straight out again when you've got it cleaned and then wees on the floor and then mm. poos when you've oh, and then won't have a wee when you've asked it to outside and really hard work but so it is, worth yeah. it so worth very it. worth it but um I think I was just it just takes up all your attention it feels like mm. all you can think about for, for honestly a couple of months it yes. feels like this is your whole focus and it's quite draining <laughs> Yeah, a friend of mine had, you know, got a puppy about a year before and she just, she found it so stressful constantly watching the puppy to see if she was going to do a wee or a poo in the kitchen. She said, Mm. I know it's silly, I know, you know, and and it's happened. So it's not like I, you know, it's, I can clear it up and everything, it's fine. But she just found it insanely stressful to keep, keep watching her thing. What's she going to do? What's she going to do? You know, and so I was, I was expecting it to be hard Mm. work, shall we say. I remember someone saying, "Just write off a month. Just write off mm. the first month." And you. Mm. And one of Lola's problems was, whenever someone came to the door, she'd get so excited, she'd have a wee. Whenever someone mm. came in, so as soon as people came in, I'd have yeah. to run with her to the back door. And every time she woke up, she'd have a wee. So as soon as she woke up, you'd have to run and put her on the lead and take her outside and every. Yeah, no, she didn't have to be on the lead. Actually, she wouldn't go on the lead to start with for ages. It took ages to get her on the lead. Then she just chewed it. Um, <laughs> And you think, what have I done? Really, absolutely, mm. what have I done? This yeah. is so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, and now, I, with uh, hindsight, the, um, de- the the sort of extreme emotion goes and you just see it as a sort of series of events that was frustrating. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. That <sighs> yeah, all, a lot of hard stuff has definitely passed. Yes. You, I imagine all dog owners, they'll have something. I mean, ours is recall being outside and her running away she's very obedient she can't she's not she doesn't ignore me in the same Mm. way that Lola does you know she's really keen to please me except when she smelt something and then she can't listen Mm. at all so I don't really know how to solve that problem at the minute she can't help herself she can't help herself so I think all dogs have got something you know there's plenty of dogs we see who owners are like you know so sorry she hates other dogs you know as they're clinging on to their snarling dog and I really feel for them now because you think oh terrible people should train their dogs better but all dogs have you know different bad points I think I'd say yes yes they've all they've all got something um yeah see Lola's very friendly she won't she doesn't jump up I think that's one thing we were really really hot on at the beginning because she's so big you know if she jumps up at someone mm. she'll knock them over if they're not expecting it um and I notice small dogs tend to jump up a lot more because I don't think owners of small dogs have got such a impetus to stop yes. them jumping because they're only going to muddy your trousers whereas Lola might you know knock an old lady over and do her hip in yeah I've got so. to say tough terrible at jumping up she loves she loves to lick people's faces she's I think people call it a very kissy dog she's very <laughs> you know she is affectionate and I we do try and stop her jumping but after a long period of time it just doesn't you know we obviously mm-hmm. need to try something different but but you just it's some things you get used to and you know they're a bad habit that you get yes. used to <laughs> yes and I think you've used um you hedge it so you know what they're going to do and you, yeah. you try to avoid them being in that situation so if um yeah yeah as I said trying to keep her on the lead when I think she might run off uh, is one of them but it is funny that you know you can uh, a lot of our friends of our sort of age and stage with children at sort mm. of primary secondary have got dogs and I've got mm. four friends uh, well three friends from when we lived in Reading and we we met, meet up for dinner fairly regularly apart from of course this year and last year and um three of us have got dogs now and we spent the whole evening talking about the dogs rather than our children who are all the mm. same age we were talking about the dogs and it's I don't know I think I don't know if it's just because it's something new in our lives and just takes over our lives or what it's quite it's not a very it's not a very stressful thing to talk about sometimes mm. children you worry so much about how they're doing you know at the end of the day my dog's imperfections are just it's just a dog it's quite yeah she's been a real benefit to the family you know we all just unconditionally love her she's a focus for everybody she's been a real plus for the family and I think that must be the same with lots of other families Mm. and it's much easier talking about you know your dog's funny problems than talking you know comparing your children and freaking out that they're going to fail their GCSEs or something I think 
Yes. So and I have think you, that's a good thing about dogs. Have you have your um, children been as involved with TOF as you expected them to be or hoped them to be? Uh, yes, I think so. You secretly know that the dog is going to, you know, they are not going to suddenly be feeding them all the time and walking them all the time and wanting to be the primary carer. You know, I did think that they wouldn't do that. But they do, um, obviously, they're, we've both got, two nearly teenagers now um you know one up older and younger and you know even the youngest 12 now so mm. there is they did do, do come for walks they have to be persuaded a lot of the time but not always um, my oldest likes to go on her own she'll she'd rather go on her own with the dog than have to talk to me <laughs> but you know so she does both um and yeah I imagine I don't know yeah so they they feed her when I tell them to. They take her outside, um, you know, when she needs to and stuff. So they probably need a bit of nagging, but they do do dog chores. Um, mm. How about yours? Well, our irony was that they can't really take her for a walk. I mean, Charlie particularly, course, cause yeah. she's only 12, because she's too strong. And if she goes after, because there's a couple of cats mm. live up the road, oh, and if goodness, Lola yeah. sees a cat, she waits until it's disappeared, and then she runs after it. <laughs> so she mm. looks like she's been brave and chasing. But um, So Charlie has a, a great fear of being pulled over, and it's quite an accurate fear. Um, Amelia, mm. Lola's better behaved with Amelia. Amelia could take her for a walk, but... Um, and so but she doesn't really because we've we've all ended up just walking her together and now mm. that she can't walk I've end, we've all ended up walking together without the dog but there's a bit more mm. tension there but no the children have not have been, have not been as involved as I hoped they would be um did you hope the ones... that they would take out like do more well, of it take over more of it a little bit more, but at the beginning, you know, I had them, they had to take it in turns to go and take her out mm. of the garden to go to the toilet and everything. And it was becoming such a source of contention and argument that mm. I thought this isn't worth it. I would just rather do it myself. Yeah. So, so I would just, I thought this is ridiculous. We're just arguing the whole time over whose turn it is. And I tried doing rewards. I tried doing, you know, I didn't want to do punishments for not doing it, but I tried to do rewards and mm. it, it just wasn't worth it. So they can't no, really the, take. It's the mother's motto, isn't it? I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> Everything. Um, <laughs> yes. And then, and I like taking her for in normal times when mm. they're at school. Mm. I really like the midday yes. walk yeah. with her. It's just lovely. Um, and then it turned out the children were doing sports at the weekend, so they weren't taking her for a walk. Mm. And um, But they have their roles. Amelia does stroke it. Amelia's been very good with doing Lola's massage at night where she puts oh. her heat pack on mm -hmm. and then looks at her phone, I've realised, while she's doing it. So it's a bit of extra phone time. Um, and Charlie is very good at playing with Lola. Lola really likes to play with him and mm. throw him on the floor and stand over him. Um, and then Andy is um, my husband, so he's the disciplinarian and Lola will do what he tells her to do. And she won't. And I'm the soft touch. And she she'll and ignore me, but I I'm the one she looks for when we all come in. She wants to come and make sure the time back. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah Meg is very good at playing. They do a lot of running around and throwing things in in the house. Um, like I say, I think Alice walks her sometimes on her own. Um, mm. Yeah, we do all walk her, but it's it's difficult to imagine again. Partly because it's winter, and their online school, they're they're more busy. We don't, you know last lockdown um the children you know I'd walk alternately every day with a child you know and then we'd swap over but this time they're, they're a lot more busy they haven't got so much time so mm. um we do it be. at lunchtime we we sneak out at lunchtime they always finish zooms early so we go out, we go out then for a walk Maybe but it's should. only short walks at the moment anyway because we're not walking Lola so yeah. we're not doing the full walk Toph needs um, a good hour at least Mm. We did a two-hour mm. walk yesterday, and it was lovely. Wow! Walked over to Rake Common. <laughs> oh wow! Gosh, yeah, gosh, that's yeah. Very I good. was like, wow, you really can get quite far. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the benefits, um, <clears throat> I think yes. I mean, we we just love having her around, mm. and she is. Mm. She she's very um, Lola's very sort of unifying, as you say, that everyone loves her. Yes. And the other day, Charlie yeah. was having a snooze on the sofa with a cushion over his head mm. and Lola trotted in and she was horrified she was barking mm. she's like what is this <laughs> this is not and I think she thought he was dead or something mm. I mean she was definitely keeping an eye out for him 
But um, I would say the benefits, it's very hard to explain a love that you can feel for a dog um, mm. before you have one. But it's it's very all-consuming. Mm. She is. It is. I'm just so glad she's here. Just She does make me happy, you know. Just, yes. She's a very, very affectionate dog. And she's very cuddly. She really likes to just be snuggled up with somebody is her favourite thing. And it's just yes. lovely. The family will love that, you know. They're very, um, they're, uh, dogs are very accepting and tolerant. Mm. They just want, and if we stand on Lola's tail by mistake or something, then she looks, she looks like she feels what she's done something wrong and she's very apologetic for the mm. fact we've stepped on her toe. So she, tail, so she is a really, just a sweet nature and you can calm mm. yourself down very quickly by stroking her and uh, just, and because she's so big, you can actually give her a full hug, lie on the floor and yeah. give her a full hug, which is lovely. And, um, I mean, they say all the things like it's very good for mental health mm. and uh, just having to get out and walk them. I mean, the stress levels don't help, when, but generally um, no, <laughs> when really, she's not being stressful. Yeah, having to look after something is, is lovely. It's really, yes. It is really good for your mental health. And the and little I, routines, you get into mm. little routines like, you know, get up in the morning, put the kettle on, take the dog out for a wee and a poo, come back in, and then we go around and we wake up the children me and the dog and the dog will you know lick them and get into bed quickly with them and we do this oh. with, and with David as well if he's not up you know <laughs> and it's just a lovely it's just lovely seeing you know having your dog curl yes. up with your children and just be so happy and it's little things like that I think that you'll always you know you'll always remember and always have of mm. dog owning that will be the special thing. Well talking about the remembering I think one thing is I find it very poignant because I'm always terrified of the day when she's not around anymore and I get very emotional mm. just thinking about it and yes. um you know the, the the strange thing about a dog is you well I suppose and children <laughs> that you take something into your life that's going to ruin it if it's um if it's not around anymore and you'd love it very so much that you're you're willingly taking on vulnerability and you're yes. at their mercy really yes, that you, yes. you will be happy when they're happy and if they're not around you won't be happy yes I can yeah I have some fear already about the future <laughs> yeah know, you know because you know your dog's not going to last forever and I see why yeah. people you know when their dog's sort of four or five or something would say we'll get another dog then to yes <laughs> I so know that you always have a dog and um yeah I don't know I haven't have you thought about that yet or is one dog I, enough I think the problem with the golden retriever is she's so big I can't yeah. see having two golden retrievers but I, I might I might but I can't I can't see myself ever not having a dog now yes that I can't mm. imagine life without a dog mm. um I just yeah I just love the aspect of it and taking her out for walks and having her in the house she's just a presence in the house and even mm. if she's out at the vets for the day uh, which she is regularly you know it just feels em the house feels empty even if we're all here it's just missing yeah. something yeah yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, but just it's on funny, the, especially the, with this last year has been very tough. I imagine um, mm. my husband's been working from home. We've just all been in the house. It feels like a whole year now, and obviously, although there's been bits where you've been able to see people, by and large, you haven't. And one of the, you know, one of the most reliable interactions I have is just a quick chat with another dog walker when you're out out yes. on the downs. <laughs> I know. I find <laughs> you dog just have lovely are... chats with people. Yes. just really brief and just cheers you up it's just so yep. nice <laughs> it's just very nice they seem to be dog, dog owners seem to be very nice people generally yeah <laughs> and, and much more likely to talk to you well they talk to the dog don't they you yes. comment on the dog and it's nice it's just an interaction it always it's just a little bit of you know friendliness in the day yes which you know the way this year is going is, is a good thing. <laughs> just any excuse um, to talk to someone else. <laughs> uh, but uh, just um, before we finish, just the sort of boring but very practical side of insurance mm. and food. How did you decide what food to go with and what insurance uh, to do? I hadn't really done much thinking about food. And slightly you're, you're led by what you're, who you, whoever you got the puppy from, um, mm. the breeder or whoever you know, they tend to give you some food when you pick up the puppy and you tend to stick with that. So much to my surprise, the breeder gave us a big block of frozen raw food because he was a raw food feeder, which I was completely, completely flummoxed by. Um, but it's, I, I, hmm, 
lots of people are very ev- evangelical about raw feeding. Um, she loves it. And um, actually, even this time, we, she still has raw suppers because you can get it frozen and it's not too much hassle. But um, eventually we just settled on a grain-free kibble for mm. the rest of the time. So she has half and half now. Um, and I think really you have to just choose what fits in with your family. I mean, we don't have enormous amounts of freezer space and, you know, you, you choose what's in your budget and what you feel you can do. And I think there's lots of different, you know, feeding regimes, which are perfectly healthy for your dog. So I think my advice would be don't get too um, obsessed about any one thing being the right thing. Did you, does your raw food get delivered then? Do you just source it from no. somewhere? No, I buy it. it. I just go and buy it every... But you can buy it from a pet shop, can you? Yeah, you buy it from any normal pet shop and it's like in nuggets of frozen food and you just get it out when you need it. But I didn't really want to keep doing it because because of, you know, when you go away somewhere or go camping Mm. or something like that, it seems very difficult. Um, So... So she's, you know, she would she would be fine if we just fed her dry food all day. She does have tins sometimes. When we went camping and stuff, we get like um, tinned food for her. Um, and so I, I'm quite pleased that she's adaptable enough. You know, there's no one specific thing that I feel she must, must have all the time. Mm. And I think, you know, I think a variety is probably quite good for her. She seems very healthy, very shiny coat and all of that business. <laughs> Someone actually complimented me on the state of her nose and said, oh, so healthy <laughs> which made me laugh a lot but you know yeah. she's she looks fit as a flea at the minute so that's good she does look very good which um what kibble do you have then what do you so this is her? partly things that have been reduced so she uses oh. canagan or lily's kitchen which are both quite um not the cheapest definitely grain free you know lots of meat and stuff mm. organics and things <laughs> and uh, yeah then this raw food um one meal a day Mm. but you know we, I know perfectly well we're not doing things right we she still has lunch the vet was very uh, uh <laughs> she has three she's, meals a day she still has three meals a day you know because oh you know you don't want to <laughs> I know well we because uh, I I get up quite early so she has her breakfast at five and then she's really hungry she started off having supper at three because mm. she sort of flakes out from six o'clock in the evening so I thought it was practically her supper time so mm. when we get her back from school but now she has supper any time after I get in from a walk at lunchtime and sometimes before I go out so she has <laughs> supper at sort of 12 sometimes and then that's, that's lunch, it for the day know. that's lunch oh, wow. yeah that is technically lunch starving. and then that's it for the day um and uh yeah so we just went with the dry food the whole time we just we when I moved her on did your breeder to, give you some some food when you yes her up? the breeder gave and us dry just, food yeah. and I can't remember what it was now it sounded very good but it was royal royal um, cannon that's it yep sounded mm. really good but then I looked into it when she moved on to adult food and it wasn't technically the best so I've just gone with Arden Grange Mm. um which got slightly better reviews and then I've now I've moved her on to a performance one which is supposed Mm. to be slightly better for the joints but she seems fine but I give her raw bones from the butcher Mm -hmm. uh so she chews on those she gets a lot of cheese when Andy's making the sandwiches what we've done for grooming her because we now groom her every day as well it's really it's all about fur management with golden retrievers (laughs) I groom her because I think I'd rather remove it at source yeah um so I groom her every morning while Andy's making the sandwiches and he has bits of cheese so he drops them and she stands and she sort of lets me groom her while he's doing the Mm -hmm. sandwiches um and then we hoover and then it's all it just fits into your life you just fit her into your life I remember a friend of the dog saying at the beginning I saying oh how do you cope she said it's all about scheduling you just yeah. schedule you just plan ahead yes um, yeah and and work out what you're going to do around the dog and it hasn't it hasn't really yeah I don't think it's sort of constrained our life nearly as much as I thought it was going to it's um it's been a real bonus rather than a, ne- a negative it's been a and, massive and then, bonus yeah and then just the last thing about insurance because you can spend a lot on insurance how did you decide mm, I'm afraid I just sort of went on a comparison website and had a look um it just seems so expensive you know like life um where you just get one policy and it just you pay the same for the whole of their life is so expensive at the beginning Mm. I think comparatively Mm. so I'm just doing a yearly um I 
don't think we've even had maybe a full year yet. Um, so I just shopped around. I think we use M&S at the moment because it just seemed reasonable coverage for the price. But um, mm. yeah, how about you? Has your insurance been... Well, it's been very good all along. Uh, we had, because she got bitten by an adder um, when she was six months course, old. Yeah. yeah, I had to take her straight. Well, Amelia made me take her to the vet. I was nervous because mm. uh, you have to pay lots of money as soon as the mm. vet says hello. Um, but she did have two pinpoints in her nose, which I thought maybe, I don't know what I explained mm. them away as, but they were the adder. And so she had to have loads of sort of anti-everythings and she recovered she was fine she's absolutely fine and they paid out no problems on that but I had just gone with Tesco Sainsbury's Tesco Sainsbury's mm. I just alternate if they're offering money for new people mm-hmm. yeah. and so we're at Tesco with Tesco at the moment and um I went with the three thousand pound a limit a year limit for vet fees yeah and I this, think ours was something like that Yes, this leg will be £3,000, and I don't think it will quite cover the physiotherapy at the end of it. Um, So maybe I should have done £4,000. I think if I start again, I'd do £4,000. But, yeah, I just thought I just can't do the whole life one. It was about – this is about £23 a month, and it was Mm. sort of £70 or £80 a month. And I thought I'll just take – I have to take a view. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's really difficult a few people I know have come up against and um, one friend who's got another cockadoo he um had various lame you know I think tendon problems and had had all insured all paid for but various leg problems um but then towards the end of the year he broke his leg really badly mm. and obviously she'd used up all of her insurance previously <sighs> and that was thousands you know and I I've had some yeah. real horror horror stories about um, vet bills but it's nothing you can it, it just yeah. happens and you're just like oh well you know yes that's that's, that's dog owning I suppose it makes you very grateful for the NHS because you realize grateful. how yeah. expensive everything is and uh, when she yeah. had her ad bite every sentence the vet said put the price up by sort of 300 pounds we're going to have to give her an injection yeah it has to come in from Europe but I've got some in stock we're going to have to keep her in you know every time it was another 300 pounds on the cost and um but they paid out Tesco have paid out already they they you do an online form it's really easy so if you don't need very much if like this is a big operation and it has mm. more or less covered the cost yeah so and, and yeah. we have saved sort of 300 pounds from the last three years of not having whole life cover <laughs> or probably mm. save 500 pounds from those so you just have to sort of take a view don't you yeah you do and uh, to be fair I, I have never felt the vet I haven't read um she went in to get spayed which obviously is a a choice so that's not insured mm. so you pay for the operation um but then Toff had bleeding um after so she had to go when she went back in to be checked the next day they actually kept her in and they did blood tests and all sorts and scanned her abdomen and things and I was really thinking oh god how much is this gonna cost yeah Um, but you know I've got to say the vet said um you know he said oh this is it's you know I've tried to kind of wrap the costs up and keep it low and obviously you don't need this before Christmas and stuff like that and it was only about 150 quid in the end which I felt for you know for all the things that had come up I I was very relieved yeah because you just sorry carry on no I was just going to say because yeah you never know I feel like you really don't know how much the costs are going to come in as ever (laughs) no and I don't know what you're doing about ticks and worming so we have because of course there's ticks here in the national park so we have a Provecto, which every yep. three months we every, have the yep. monthly worming. Yeah, um, same here. <laughs> and that, you know, I bought it in one go, and it was something like 150 pounds for the year because mm. she's such a big dog. They do it by weight, which I mm. think is weightist. I don't think they should. <laughs> that should be a hashtag Me Too on big dogs. It's harsh, but um, no, they, I mean it's a lot. It's expensive. Yeah. There's that, mm. and the food, and the insurance, and the toys. So it is quite a sort of middle class thing, isn't it, dogs? That you, it's it's expensive to have. Well, I guess. Mm. I mean, I do feel that bit captive. You know, like there's nothing you wouldn't really do for your dog. Yeah. So I do feel a bit of a captive captive audience for that type of stuff. But on the other hand, we do live in a tick area. I've got to say, we've had our first tick of the year. Oh right. Yeah, really? I know it's January, yeah. and we had a tick Gosh. the other day, which is <sighs> unbelievable. So mm. it, you know, I don't feel that that's something that you can 
skimp on around here. No, no. I tried the one where you put on her collar or something, but then I wash her every time I walk her mm. as well. That's another thing. Um, mm. And I think I just washed it off and I don't think it worked. So I just thought, mm. oh, I'll just, you know, let's just go in and pay for these things, yeah, the tap, these pills. You, you know, you see the ticks crawling on them and you think, well, at least, you know, I've never found a tick mm. on, you know, on her skin you know embedded yeah. or anything so. Lola's had one or two but they they're generally dead by the time they get mm. in you know they've not caused mm. her any trouble and then there's the annual in- injection that, as well I can't remember what it's oh, for yeah, yeah. That, that's oh, coming I can't up remember. something spira something Kennel or other cough up the nose Kennel, as well, any, <laughs> yes, I just say oh well if you say I need it then we'll yeah we'll have that yeah. as well yeah. so but in spite of all of that definitely worth it and I would do it all over again if 100% I, yeah. yeah I also I you know I I knew I'd love having a dog I do love having a dog um, my husband was much more unsure about it and he adores her and mm. even he says oh you know I can't imagine not having a dog now no so, they're amazing they're amazing amazing creatures well thank you very much Kate for sharing you your for asking me experience <laughs> it's been lovely to chat to you it's and been you. lovely to chat to you <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I think that one thing that uh, the discussion shows is that dogs are a great way for mothers whose children are a bit older to be able to lavish their maternal instincts on another being who will actually love them unconditionally and just rejoice in everything they do. Um, I remember an India Night article about um, middle-aged women getting a dog when their children are sort of uh, late um, late primary school, early teens. And they, <laughs> these women find themselves in the middle of a park on a rainy day with a dog thinking, how did I get here? But uh, it is a it is a lovely thing to be able to do to get a dog. And obviously, it's a great advantage for mothers who are able to be at home a lot of the time, because it's so much easier to have a dog if you're working very flexibly, or you're based at home, hence the number of people who got a dog in lockdown. Um, If you are thinking about getting a puppy. Um, I did actually write a blog uh, and you can read it at the amateur dog owner, amateur, A-M-A-T-E-U-R, the amateur dog owner.wordpress.com, I think it is, um, all about the really difficult time I had when Lola was a puppy. Um, I did find it very difficult, but it's all very much worthwhile. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on social media, that's where I post when the next episode's coming out. On Instagram and Facebook, uh, I'm called Mothers Matter Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Podcast Mothers. You can email me, mothersmatter at outlook.com. And um, I'd like to thank James Ede from Be Heard Productions, who has produced this episode and all the episodes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.